And good morning. And welcome to Northside. And if you're watching us via Facebook, we welcome you and pray you'll just worship along with us this morning. By now, everyone uh, knows that we've been looking at people uh, from the New Testament and what it means to believe in Jesus. And the proof that we have from eyewitnesses of Jesus' life, His death, His burial, and resurrection. And we've been uh, for uh, four weeks now uh, looking at these characters. We've really been celebrating Easter for uh, four weeks. Uh, And today typically would be Palm Sunday. We're not going to look at that event Um, But um, uh, we're headed towards Easter uh, and and the resurrection of our Lord. But every Sunday is Easter celebration. Amen. And so that's really nothing new for true believers. Uh, This this series and the videos that, um, uh, that accompany it come from the skit guys. There are a, a couple of men, you've seen them in various videos through the years uh, that we've used, uh, and you've seen them in a couple of the videos uh, already. Uh, one is named Tommy Woodward, or Woodard, um, and the other is Eddie James, and uh, they have been friends since, uh, I think, junior high. Uh, and um, what happened was uh, Tommy Woodard, Uh, invited uh, Eddie James to go to uh, his youth group, church youth group with him. And Eddie James, uh, in going with Tommy to his youth group, uh, came to know Christ as a Savior. And the two of them began a lifelong friendship. And uh, they both loved uh, uh, kind of writing and acting. And and so they started writing, uh, as teenagers, they started writing skits and performing them for their youth group. Uh, and that now has grown into uh, a, a huge ministry that they have, um, and um, uh, we've known them for many years now. I met them uh, years ago when we were doing youth evangelism conferences at Easter. Uh, every year, uh, Easter weekend, we had YEC, and uh, we used them multiple times there. And um, so that's how I got to know the skit guys, and then they got internationally famous, and and um, um, so anytime they put out something new, I like to look at it, and they've got some wonderful things out. And, and this one about believe really struck home with me because the whole message of the gospel, the whole message of the Bible, the whole point of Easter is for people to believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the, the whole reason we meet is because we believe and we want others to believe. And so uh, when I saw this series, I thought, man, uh, I love the way they take uh, something from Scripture, and they do just a little twist on it. In this one, uh, they're, they're dressed in modern-day clothes, uh, and so they're not uh, in character, uh, and I just like that twist. And, and then they take the story, and, and they twist it, and you're going to see that in today's Uh, with Mary and Martha, uh, and you'll see what I mean in just a few minutes. When we started this series, though, we looked at Thomas and uh, the fact that he, he said he needed to see the hands and the side of Jesus before he would believe. And then he saw Jesus and he believed. Uh, Then we looked at the soldier and how he realized that the man uh, hanging on that middle cross was uh, not like anybody else that they had ever crucified. In fact, he said, this truly is the Son of God, uh, and he believed that. Uh, then we looked at Pilate last week, and we saw, and we don't know if he ever became a believer or not, but we saw uh, that he was troubled by everything that happened to Jesus, and he tried to wash his hands of the whole mess, you remember that, uh, but you can't wash sin away with water. It takes the blood of Christ, and that's the message of the cross, and the resurrection is proof that the blood satisfied the Father. 
Uh, and so that's why that is all important. Today we're going to look at two sisters, Mary and Martha. And you're going to see something different uh, in this story, but I won't get to that till after you see the video. So, Joel, if you would play that video now. He didn't want dinner. And then he went to bed early, which isn't like him. He's the night owl. Lazarus is the night owl. Something wasn't right. Sent for the only one who could help. Who could fix it. He'd help total strangers, of course. More importantly, he was our friend. I promised Lazarus. Jesus would come. He would heal him. I was sure of it. You know, you can see it sometimes in a person's eyes, that that look. And they're letting go of this world just a little bit at a time. Those four days might as well have been four lifetimes. Everything I knew about Jesus fell apart. Not that, not that he wasn't the Messiah, it wasn't that. It was more personal. It was all this pain, all this doubt. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Our brother was dead, sealed in a tomb. And I said to him, if you had just been here, our brother wouldn't have died. But he said, didn't I tell you? If you would just believe, you would see God's glory. I knew I was supposed to embrace those four days. That gap in my life, that gap in our lives, where God made no sense at all. It was as if God wasn't even listening. But without those four days, Before I believed in him, now I believe him. We didn't understand that, but we do now. He doesn't just give life. He is life. Yes. He is the Christ. He is the Son of God who comes into this world and whoever believes in him will live. I still enjoy those videos and they still move me. And I've watched this one multiple times. Most of us probably don't realize this or don't stop to really think about the truth that believing in Jesus actually helps make sense out of the chaos of our lives and, and, and the, the mess that's going on in the world. I know the lost world does not understand that. They don't, they don't get it, that believing in Jesus changes everything even in our everyday lives. In the video that we just watched, two sisters, and we know Mary and Martha, they were close friends of Jesus. And they're portrayed as talking through some of their beliefs in Jesus as they're dealing with a very emotional and difficult time in their lives, the loss of their brother. His two sisters had a brother named Lazarus, and we know that Jesus raised him from the dead. We're going to look at this in just a few minutes. 
And we know that this is just a very short time before Jesus himself would die on the cross and raise himself from the dead. We find this story, uh, today we're going to look in the Gospel of John, but before we read it, I want everyone here to do something very different with what you just saw. I want you to use your imaginations. Now some of you this won't be very hard for because you have good vivid imaginations. Others, this may be a little tough for you, but try to imagine the scene that you just saw, okay, with Mary and Martha. And hang with me. What if that scene took place not just right after Lazarus was raised from the dead, but a couple of weeks in advance after Jesus has been raised from the dead. And just assume that what you saw was them talking after Jesus' resurrection. And maybe even after the 40 days, let's go forward a few more weeks, 40 days goes by and he ascends back to heaven. Now think, Mary and Martha were discussing what they experienced after Jesus has completed his mission on earth. Now, I think it's safe to say that after Jesus arose from the grave and revealed himself to hundreds of people, all right, their memory of what had taken place with Lazarus would have changed, if you will. And maybe those things that had happened as Lazarus died and was raised, maybe those things that were fuzzy at that point now came into sharp focus because now Jesus has arisen from the dead and they know it. So just think what would happen with Mary and Martha and how their view would have changed on what happened with Lazarus just a few weeks later when they knew the rest of the story with Jesus. Now remember, Jesus had discussed with them about believing in Him and how if you believe, then you would see, uh, you, you would see uh, life and death in a different perspective. And I think now they would begin to be seeing this whole story differently and see the bigger picture. See, we're looking back and we know the rest of the story, but they wouldn't have had that right after Lazarus died. But what would they have thought after Jesus has died and rose again? Now, I've said this many times before, and I want you to keep hanging with me, okay? Because I want you to keep using your imagination here. Somewhere in the future, Lazarus died again, okay? And he was buried again. And he would have worn grave clothes again. And Mary and Martha would have mourned for their brother a second time. Now, what if that conversation we just saw happened after Jesus has arisen and Lazarus has died a second time. Can you imagine how that conversation would have taken place then? Because Lazarus died again, and Jesus wasn't coming to raise him from the grave this time, but now they knew the bigger picture, Lazarus was already resurrected because of belief in Jesus Christ. Now that that scene takes on a whole new meaning, doesn't it? See, if that took place after Jesus arose and after Lazarus died again, now the two sisters are still mourning. Their heart's still broken over losing their brother, but now they know the whole story. Listen, we're looking back, and we have the benefit of knowing the whole story, don't we? See, we've got great news to share with a lost world. 
And because Jesus arose from the grave, we have hope when our loved ones who know the Lord die. Anytime a believer dies, it's the best day of their life. And we know that. And so we have that to hold on to when our loved ones die. Now listen, if you're saved, you've been called out of the death, out of the grave, out of the tomb, into life, right? You've been called out of that. You've been called from death to life. And that all hinges on Easter, the resurrection. And Lazarus, and we're going to look next week uh, on Easter, we're going to actually look at uh, Jairus' daughter uh, coming back to life. All right? Those are just preludes. Those, those are just glimpses of what Jesus was going to do. Uh, I think I was talking to Rick uh, after Sunday school. With all they had seen and heard of Jesus, how could they not believe? How could you not believe? And so, if you think of Mary and Martha, can you imagine what happened the second time Lazarus died? This time, they're mourning, but not as those that don't have hope. Now, they're mourning. Listen, being a believer doesn't mean you, you you don't mourn when someone you love dies. You still mourn. You still love them. You still want to be with them, all right? You're still going to miss them, all right? And so, so it doesn't mean you don't mourn. It just means you mourn differently. You, you mourn with hope. You don't mourn, mourn like those that have no hope. See, we have a hope. And what's the hope? See, when the Bible says, not as those that have no hope, what's the hope we have? The hope is we have a future with them. In fact, an eternity with them. That's the hope, and it's based in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so imagine Mary and Martha's story after the resurrection of Jesus. Imagine what takes place when Lazarus died the second time, and they meet, and they go, you know, we believe still. In fact, you're going to see that as we walk through this. With all of that in mind, I want us to go back now and look at this story as recorded by John and and see Jesus raising him back to life and how this is just one more reason to be a believer. And we're going to see that they were believers, Mary and Martha, and we're going to see, in fact, uh, one of them actually use a specific word for that in just a few minutes. First thing I want us to look at as we look at this story, what do you do with the ifs in life? What do you do with the ifs in life? John 11, verses 1 through 32. Here again, Scripture doesn't need my help, all right? Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha, It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, and who we saw a few weeks ago doubting Thomas, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away. Many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. They had a funeral. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is to come into the world. And when she said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She's going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, there is a whole lot in this story that we do not have time to look at today. But I want you to notice something very interesting here. Mary and Martha both encounter Jesus at two different times. Okay, he's in the same place, but Martha comes first and she goes home, then Mary goes, and so they're not together. But notice that both of them say the exact same thing to Jesus. If, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. If. How many times in our lives have we asked that question? Have we wondered, what if you have a miscarriage? Everybody else around you seems to be able to have babies and you can't have any. And you're saying, if God is such a loving God, why can't I? Right? If. Or maybe your marriage is on the rocks and you've been begging God to intervene. And nothing is changing. And you wonder, if God really has all the power to do everything that He says He can do, why doesn't He do something in my marriage? Or maybe you struggle with finances. And you've been praying that God would do something so that you had a little more money, so that you could, you could you know, live a little bit better, not have to worry about every little expense. And you're wondering if God is listening at all to your pleas. Where is He? If He is God and can do anything, where is He in my circumstances? Maybe you just got word again that somebody else in your family has cancer. And you know God can heal. And you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed, but why isn't He healing your loved one. If he can, why isn't he? Maybe it's relationships at work or who knows whatever, but you've prayed and prayed and you've asked, if God is real, why isn't he moving? Why isn't he doing something? And the list of this can just go on and on. So what do you do with all of the ifs in life. And I know some of you are sitting there going, man, I've got a whole lot of those ifs. 
What do you do with those ifs? Well, first of all, you listen to stories like this. Mary and Martha send word to Jesus that Lazarus is deathly ill. He is dying. And he didn't just have a cold. He's dying. And Lord, you need to get here as quickly as possible. But Jesus waits two more days after he got word. This is what causes us to wonder about God's timing. But notice what happened. Jesus said to the disciples, I'm glad I wasn't there that you may, what's the word? Believe. See, the whole issue is one of belief. The whole point of, of, of the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, of Easter, the whole point of the Bible, the whole point of the cross, the whole point of the resurrection, the whole point is that we might believe. And Jesus says, I'm glad I wasn't there when he died because I'm going to do something to help you believe. And by the way, that something is still helping people believe today. And it's my prayer that somebody either watching or someone in this room will believe today. So what do you do with the ifs? Well, you have to believe that God's timing is always perfect. You say, well, it's not, it's not the way I want it. Exactly. It wasn't the way Mary and Martha wanted it either. If you had been here, Lord, Lazarus wouldn't die. Jesus, you're to blame for this. That's what they're saying. Jesus, you're to blame. If you'd have come when we called you, he wouldn't have died. And I love Jesus' response. He didn't get mad at him. You ever blame God for something he didn't do? You ever blame God because his timing isn't your timing? See, that's why it's important that we believe. Because in part of that belief is that God's timing is always pinpoint perfect. Not close, not in the ballpark. Pinpoint perfect. Every time you read Scripture, you need to pay attention closely to the words. And especially words that are repeated. Now look, in verse 15, Jesus says that you may believe. In verse 25, we have, He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. In verse 26, Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Verse 27, Yes, Lord, I believe. We didn't get to these, but verse 40, Did I not say to you that if you would believe? Verse 42, That they may believe that you sent me. Again in verse 45, Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. The issue is always about believing. It is always. So when the ifs come, and the ifs will come, when the ifs come, are you going to believe God or not? That's the choice. Are you going to believe or not? I love how Mary ended the conversation in the video that we saw. And here again, think about how her perspective would have changed after Jesus arose from the grave, and then possibly even when Lazarus died a second time. She said in the video, I believed in him, now I believe him. I believed in him, now I believe him. See, that's what you do with the ifs in life. Believe in Jesus and believe Jesus. And I love the fact that it was okay for them to ask, what if? If you had been here, Lord. See, God can handle our questions. He, he can even handle the accusations because there's an accusation implied in that if, if Jesus, you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. There's an accusation there. It's your fault. Now hear me, and if you take notes, write this down. 
God doesn't judge our lack of understanding. He judges our lack of belief. God doesn't judge our lack of understanding. They had no way of understanding what was going to happen. And no one would have thought for a moment that Jesus was going to bring him back to life here. That's just a lack of knowledge. God doesn't judge that. He judges our lack of belief. And God is constantly... Here's, here's something else about the ifs in life. Understand this. God is constantly doing things in order to get us to believe. See, Jesus said... I didn't, I didn't make this up. Jesus said, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you may believe. The point is one of belief. And so according to Jesus, God is doing things to strengthen our belief. In verse 27, when Martha said that she believed, she used a verb. It's an interesting verb. If you were to go study the original language there, it, it, it means that she believed in the past, she is still believing in the present, and she will believe in the future. The word she used is, is one that is all-encompassing. I believed in the past, I believe today, and I will believe in the future. What Martha said to Jesus was, Jesus, I believed you, I believe you, and I will believe you. That's literally what she said. I believed you, I believe you, I will believe you. She, she, she's, she's just, I'm going to believe. And, and think about it. There is absolutely no reason for her to believe that Lazarus is going to come back to life. There's absolutely no reason to believe that. She had no way of knowing what Jesus was about to do, but she believed, and she would keep believing. See, when the circumstances of life tell you not to believe, that's when it's most important to believe. See, all the circumstances around her told her not to believe, but she chose to believe. And that's the message of this story. Just look at all those times. Believe, 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 believe. God wants us to believe. And I doubt any of us have experienced anything more heart-wrenching than the unexpected loss of a loved one. That just rocks your world. That's why her response to Jesus is so important. In the midst of a broken heart, she still believes Jesus. And remember, Jesus asked her in verse 25, if she believed that he was the resurrection and the life, and he said, anyone that believes in him would live. And her response was, I believe. I have believed, I am believing, and I will continue to believe. So do you believe? See, that's, that's Martha. She believed. And the answer to that question determines whether you are saved or not. And it will determine how well you will respond to the difficult circumstances of life. Because I guarantee you, more difficult circumstances are coming. Do you believe? That's what you do with the what-ifs of life. It's okay to ask what if. It's okay to wonder if. Just keep believing. Keep believing. That leads me to the second thing. This story is proof that Jesus has power over our circumstances. In John 11, verses 38 through 44 then. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, 
by this time there's a stench, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Now you've heard uh, preachers uh, say, you know, he said, he yelled with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And if he hadn't said Lazarus, they would have emptied the graves. That's bad theology, okay? That's somebody trying to be cute with Scripture. All right. If Jesus had just said, come forth, and it only wanted Lazarus, only Lazarus would have come forth. Okay? So he didn't say Lazarus because he would have emptied the tombs and he couldn't control his power. Because that's foolishness. He said Lazarus for a point. He knows you by name and he calls you by name. And so he just says, Lazarus, come on out. Mary and Martha did believe Jesus, even though they had no physical reason to believe what he was about to do. But God had orchestrated this entire event for a higher purpose, and that's what Jesus just said, so that the people would believe. And that's not just the people there, it's people here and people in your homes so that we could believe. God wants us to believe in Him. That's the reason this is recorded in Scripture for us. God wants you to believe. And He wants us to believe that He has the power over life and death. See, everything hinges on that. Believe what? Believe that he has power over life and death. Believe that he has the power to forgive sin, that he has the power to make you his child, that he has the power to take you all the way to heaven, to believe that he has the power. And the resurrection of Jesus is proof of that. And these were here again, were just some little snippets, little preludes to what was going to take place just a few days from this point. He wants us to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He wants us to believe that in His death on the cross, that brings life to those of us who should die on a cross for our own sins. Now, physical life but spiritual life. And God wants us to believe that Jesus has the power over our circumstances. I mean, Jesus raising Lazarus from the grave is a bold display of God's power. And please hear me, I'm not saying that you're going to experience the same kind of power from God in your circumstances that Mary and Martha experienced here. And that Lazarus experienced. But this story is proof that God has the power over your circumstances, whatever they are. I mean, if He can raise people from the dead, He can certainly take care of whatever it is going on in your and my life, right? It's, it's nothing compared to that. And the greatest need that we have today is the forgiveness of sin. And the resurrection of Jesus is proof that God even has the power and a plan to be able to forgive our sins. So the resurrection of Lazarus is just a picture of what was going to happen a few days forward. And it gives us more reason to believe. I love the boldness of Jesus, by the way, in this story but then I love the boldness of Jesus. In verse 40, Jesus is absolutely sure of his power. And he said to Martha, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? I don't know about you, but that gives me kind of boldness too. 
right? I mean, I mean, uh, he says, roll the stone away. Lord, don't do that. He'd been dead four days. It's not going to smell good. And Jesus looks at her and says, Dave Hill version, do you know who you're talking to? Right? Didn't I just tell you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? Now listen, Jesus knew what he was about to do. And he's bold in it. And that gives me the boldness to look any lost person in the eye. I love the fact I can look any lost person in the eye. I don't care what they've done. I don't care how evil they've been. I don't care how many sins they've committed. I don't, I don't care how far they think they are from God. I can look any lost person in the eye and say to them, God can and will forgive you if you'll believe. I have seen the glory of God work in too many lives and in my own. And so it gives boldness. And Jesus knows he has absolute power over everything. He's got power over this circumstance. But this isn't anything new. I, I, as, I, as I was working on the message, I got to think of all the times that Jesus was absolutely sure and calm in the midst of terrible crises. See, we get all excited. You watch the news and stuff's going on. Over the past few weeks, we've had multiple shootings, and you wonder what in the world's going on, and our government's a mess. It's a mess at the border, and, it, and you just go, oh, man, it's chaos everywhere. Storms are going all over the place. You've got tornadoes in places, never had tornadoes before, and then you've got droughts in some part of the country and floods in others, and, and you just wonder, man, it's a mess out there. Listen, Jesus, in the midst of all kinds of circumstances, was as cool as could be, including this. They're having a funeral. They're weeping and crying. They're, they're mourning. And Jesus goes, hey, didn't I tell you? Just wait. <laughs> Got to thinking about some of those times. Remember Jesus and the disciples were in the boat. Jesus is asleep. Storm comes up and fishermen think they're going to die. I see some of those Alaskan Fish shows, this catch, those, those guys are insane, all right? I'm just telling you the truth, man. You get on those boats, you're, you're out of your ever-loving mind. They don't pay enough money. I don't care how much they make. These sailors thought they were going to die, and they wake Jesus, and they say, Lord, don't you care? We're about to perish. We're going to drown out here. And Jesus steps up and goes, Knock it off. Here again, Dave Hill version. Peace be still. And instantly, wind and waves calm. And by the way, waves don't just instantly calm. Unless God says, calm. And, and Jesus, just as cool, they're about to die. He's calm. Remember the thousands of hungry people? Thousands of them. The disciples said, let's send them home. We can't feed them. Jesus said, what do you got? One little boy's lunch, and it ain't much. Jesus said, give it to me. And he feeds. Scholars guess 20 plus thousand. Not once, but he did it twice, by the way. Calm as could be. Got no food. Now, I don't know about you, you get, you get 20,000 people that are hungry after several days, you got, a, you, got a, you got a mess on your hands. Jesus was calm. Drag a woman in front of him, caught in adultery. The mob is ready to stone her to death. It doesn't get more, more chaotic than that, I don't think. And what does Jesus do? He kneels down and starts doodling in the dirt. Calm as could be. Why? Why? Because he's in control of all the circumstances. Even at his own trial, we saw this last week, Pilate marveled. Pilate was amazed that the guy standing before him didn't try to defend himself or get out of the charges. He marveled at that. Jesus stood there 
knowing he's going to the cross. And what does he do? Keeps his mouth shut. We'd have been saying, hey, I want to call my lawyer. Don't I deserve a you know, fair trial here? Jesus kept his mouth shut. Why? Because he's in control of all of the circumstances of life. So listen, with all of the ifs that you have going on, remember this. Believe in Jesus and believe he has the power to do whatever he chooses to do in your circumstances. He has that power. Mary and Martha have been brokenhearted for four days. Hear me well, Jesus has the power to heal a broken heart. Now, he might not do it in four days. He might do it in four minutes. He might do it in four hours. He might do it in four months. He might do it in four decades. Just know that he has the power to move in our circumstances. The same Jesus that saw Mary and Martha through this first time of death for Lazarus would be the same Jesus that would see them through the second time Lazarus died, even though Jesus wouldn't be bringing him back to physical life that time. Now they would have understood that Lazarus was still alive. Do you understand that? See, if that event we saw took place not just right after Lazarus' first death, but after Jesus' resurrection and Lazarus' second death, Mary and Martha would have had the same kind of comfort knowing that they're going to see Lazarus again because he wasn't dead. The same Jesus that brought his physical body back to life is the same Jesus that has the power to keep his soul alive. His spirit alive. And not just for a few more years maybe, but for eternity. That's the power of the resurrection of Christ. And I want you to focus on the last line in verse 44. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Jesus brought Lazarus back to life and freed him from the grave clothes. And Jesus is doing the same thing today. And he will do that in your life today if you will believe. He will loose you from the grave clothes of sin and set you free. Loose him. And let him go. And I've been praying that somebody would experience that power of Jesus today. That Jesus would loose them. And take off the grave clothes. Listen, we're, before Jesus, you were dead in trespasses and sins. You were in grave clothes. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. You were in grave clothes. Only Jesus can call you out of those grave clothes. And then, when Jesus arose from the grave, which we will celebrate next week, again, we celebrate it every week, it's proof He can loose you and set you free. The only issue is, will you believe? Now, maybe you're listening today and you're wondering, what if? What if this story is true? What if there is a way to escape the grave? What if God really does love you enough to die for your sins and rise again to prove that He conquered death? And what if all you needed to do was Believe and trust God. I encourage you to take that if and believe because it really is true.
And he really did die. He really did rise again. And he really does love you enough that he'll forgive you of all of your sin if you believe. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. I can only imagine how Mary and Martha's belief in Jesus changed after Jesus' resurrection. Let their story cause you to believe. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne. And Lord, I know that for many people, there's so much going on in their lives that they're wondering if this story really is true, if, if Jesus really has the power over death. I pray that your Holy Spirit opens their heart to believe that it really is true. That not only did Jesus raise Lazarus from the grave, but Jesus came out of the grave just a few days after this. And because of that, we all have the hope of being resurrected too, of life eternal with the Father. Lord, move on some hearts and help someone to go from if to belief. Thank you for Mary and Martha and their faith. Thank you for the story of Lazarus preparing our hearts and our minds for the resurrection of Christ. Thank you that all you require is for us to believe. We don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to have all the answers. In fact, we can even come to you with questions. And those questions are even a part of the way that you get us to believe. Lord, may we say, Lord, help my unbelief. We do believe. We don't always understand. But we believe. Move in someone's heart now and help them to believe. And may you get all the glory. We pray in your matchless name. The name of Jesus. Amen.